Hey listeners, welcome to a special episode of Mathematical Dive, filmed on campus. As some of you may know, faculty regularly holds walking tours of the math buildings on campus. So if you happen to miss one, or you feel like just taking a stroll down memory lane, pop this tape, proverbial tape in, and follow along. Let me introduce myself. My name is Michelle. I am in Math Farm 23. And I'm here in front of the University of Waterloo sign, ready to start a tour with a tour guide that might seem familiar to you all. It is I, Josué. <laughs> it's nice to be back. How are you doing, Michelle? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. This will be my last tour ever, actually, so we're going to make this a good one gonna make it count. <laughs> wow, you hear that folks? A special, I don't know what they call it, the last tour like that the artist off, does, a send off, farewell. a farewell tour, okay. the farewell tour. This is, yeah, this is my farewell tour, but it's also your welcoming tour, so it's kind of <laughs> confusing, but we'll make it work. <laughs> Where are we going first? So we're gonna head over and check out the three math buildings on campus. They are MC, or the Mathematics and Computing Building. Uh, and then we're going to go over into the data center, or DC, and then finally finish off in M3, uh, or Mathematics 3, the, the last building which no one has donated enough mo money to yet uh, in order to get it named after them. Uh, maybe that could be you someday. <laughs> Let's go to MC. From the sign, we're going to walk down the slightly yellow brick road and then go straight. Along the way, we're going to notice a few landmarks one of which is the Dana Porter patio area. We'll see some chairs, some umbrella. It's a really nice place to study on a sunny day. We'll keep walking and then we'll pass something a little more interesting. It looks something like a greenhouse. Is that a greenhouse, Josue? It is a greenhouse. It's part of uh, the science teaching complex. I don't know what they do there. I've never actually been inside of it. <laughs> it's green though. It is indeed green. <laughs> After that, we're going to keep walking straight and then encounter kind of like a magical forest with a nice gazebo. Mm -hmm. Let me paint you a picture in words then. Imagine tall trees out from the ground and under their shadow, you see these beautiful rocks. The sun is beating down and off in the distance, you can hear someone playing gently on a piano. And now, as you turn your gaze up to the building in front of you, you see this brutal looking building. And that is our first stop, the Mathematics and Computing Center. <laughs> this was the first math building built sometime in the 1950s or 60s. Mathematicians like to be kind of funny sometimes. And so the purpose of this building was actually to house a giant supercomputer. At the time, it was one of the most powerful in the world that we had there. It was about on par with what NASA was using for some of their moon missions. There's like a staircase, I think, in the third floor that actually has a photograph of the computer itself. Uh, and so you can see kind of how massive it was and what people were working with back then. Thank God computers aren't like that anymore because, I mean, your phone is more powerful than the thing they had in there now. <laughs> when we were applying for funding for it, some people thought to themselves, you know, a computer is basically like a couch. And back then when you had supercomputers, like they were these massive beasts that took out like, entire rooms and you could like lie on top of them. 
So they decided to put forward the funding proposal for the computer as part of the furniture bill. Oddly enough, the government agreed with that assessment, and that's how we ended up with a building that cost, I think it was about $5 million to build, but had an $8 million furniture budget. <laughs> Nowadays, we don't have that same supercomputer there anymore. We do have some other cool stuff over in the back that we might check out later, but it, that's sort of the history behind this building and how it got built. And it was built in a time when everyone loved to do these brutalist architecture things. So uh, students are terrified going into it for their first time, but you'll come to love it as you go in and out of it more and more. I don't know about you, but I was the most terrified of the building after having my first class there. Yeah, I think for me, it was probably sometime in third or fourth year where I realized that like, although it's, it's a big square and that's how you like move around it, it's literally a square. I still get lost in it, like even this day. There must be some sort of like weird spell that they have in this building. And yeah, don't, don't spend super late nights here because you get really confused and tired like me and then get <laughs> lost in a square. <laughs> All right, where to next? We are going to break into a non-math building very quickly. We're gonna head over to the Quantum Nano Center and talk about some of the research that we do there before going inside of MC. So, let's go. Whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> Shifting your gaze away from MC slightly to the left, you'll find the beauty to its beast, the QNC building. Let's walk in. QNC is not one of the math faculty buildings, but <gasps> it is, <gasps> I know, right? It's actually sort of a combination of three different faculties, engineering, science, and math. Uh, the engineers have their nano engineering, and then uh, science people do their science stuff here. But we have some math research that goes in here too. So some of you may have heard this fun buzzword called quantum computers, which are sort of the next step in evolution for computing power. And we have some researchers in the faculty of math that work in this area. Uh, so they have this beautiful center inside of the building here. Uh, I would recommend going into it if you ever get the chance. And then also, fun thing that I like to tell people for the basement of QNC is there's a piano there. Uh, I like to just do this on my tours, it's point out where all the pianos go. Um, so if you want to have some beautiful music playing while you're studying, I would recommend going down there. Do you want to go check it out? Yeah, let's go. I will now play Moonlight Sonata. You can't play piano. Yeah. I play piano, if everyone was wondering. Can you hear me playing the piano right now? There you have it, folks. Joe Swaykirk on the piano in the basement of QNC. Uh, some fun facts about this building. Uh, because they're dealing with like really small particles and stuff, you know, nano things, uh, you need to make sure that there's not a lot of vibration in the building itself. Otherwise things move and then you lose them. So this building is actually like basically completely vibration resistant. Uh, and that's where most of the money went for building it. I don't know the exact measurements for it, but basically uh, vibration doesn't occur here. So if an earthquake happens, go to QNC, you will be safe there. It's a good tip. Now we are going to finally go into the math buildings. So we're going to head up these stairs and go through the bridge over to MC. We've now arrived on the third floor of MC. 
As we walked in, I noticed something pretty interesting. There is this display case full of fun knickknacks. Do you know anything about these knickknacks? These knickknacks are holy relics within the faculty of math. Uh, the first one I always like to talk about is the natural log. We have this piece of wood that just has the natural log engraved on it and then like math sock, I think also. A little fun fact about the natural log is it was actually the object of interest during a war between the Mathematics Society, or MathSoc, and the Engineering Society called EngSoc, which happened a few years ago, or it's timeless. So in 2019, <laughs> um, essentially, uh, the engineers stole the natural log from us. <gasps> MathSoc declared war against their society and thus began a back and forth of pranks of all fun sorts. Eventually, the natural log was recovered. The most important relic that we have here, though, is Professor Ralph Stanton's pink tie. So if you've looked around at some of the branding for math, you've probably noticed the color pink and ties. And you probably thought to yourself, why? Did you think that to yourself, Michelle? I've never noticed that before. That's so interesting that you bring that up. I know, right? Oh, my God. And you're supposed to be a math student, right? I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so... Ralph Stanton was a professor at the University of Toronto. Uh, and at other universities, you don't really have a faculty of math. You get a department of math. And there are somewhere in like a faculty of science or a faculty of arts. But Ralph Stanton said, no. Math is its own separate thing. It doesn't belong in science or in arts. It should have its own faculty. And so he dreamed of a place where Matthews could roam free. So he came to the University of Waterloo, and he was one of the faculty founders for the Faculty of Mathematics. Uh, so he was instrumental in building us up and getting us off the ground. Now, students loved him and loved some of the ties that he would wear. He was known for wearing all sorts of really funky ties, striped ones, ones with polka dots, but a fan favorite was his pink tie. And so it was decided that this would become the symbol of math at the University of Waterloo. And to this day, it still is. And we take this really, really far. Uh, during the orientation week, we give all of the first year math students their own pink ties. We gather them around in front of the Dean of Math he gives a speech and then they perform a dance for him. And afterwards they earn their pink tie. On top of this, we also drape a gigantic pink tie on the side of one of the math buildings during the orientation week. And some fun facts about the history of that tradition uh, is after this began, some engineers thought it would be funny to mess with the tie. And so one year they stole it, like just straight up stole our giant pink tie. I don't know how they did it. I don't know, well, whatever, it happened. And they toured around like Canada and the States with it. So there's actually like this photo album you can find of just the tie in random locations, like the middle of the desert or like over by a big canyon. There's another one too, where like they married it at some point. There's a marriage certificate of the pink tie with something else. I don't remember what it is, but like after that tie went missing, uh, we got another tie, but then a group of engineers uh, calling themselves the Tie Liberation Front uh, they attacked the pink tie with some paint and they shot at it with some paintballs and ruined it completely. And from that day forth, we learned our lesson. We knew we needed to guard this sacred, sacred piece of clothing. And so we established the tie guard, which is an elite group of math students who during the orientation week, do not sleep, do not eat, do not stop watching that tie at all. And they guard it with their lives. 
Unfortunately, the one thing that they can't beat is the weather. And so one year there was a horrible storm that destroyed another pink tie that we have. But this last pink tie that we have has been safe for the past while. And no one has dared to even challenge our mighty, mighty tie guard. Now that you mention it, I do think I've seen some pink ties before <laughs> around campus. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, Michelle, I'm wearing eight of them right now. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a... A bold fashion choice. A bold fashion choice, that's true. But I did this also during 2019 orientation as a leader. I had eight ties. I wore one of them normally, one as a bandana, and then I had six of them as kind of like a hula skirt. And I called myself the Octo Tie. They used that photo for orientation promotions. I remember seeing it. This is true. That photo is like everywhere and it's kind of the bane of my existence. I gotta stop giving it to people. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've been a fan of this podcast and you've always wondered, what your host looks like, you can check out the math orientation channels and try to find out. It'd be a fun little scavenger hunt. Please don't. <laughs> they didn't get my good side. <laughs> now we are going to head over to the Mathematics Society to learn about student government in the Faculty of Math. As we walk across the hall to the MathSoc office, we also see the MC Comfy to our right. This is typically a space where clubs can host events or students can come and sit between classes. It is comfy, as the name suggests. And we also passed the Math C&D, which gets mentioned a lot. It's where goods are sold. When I was a student here, I went to that place every day for lunch. And I'm not even exaggerating for that. Like legit, that was where I went for lunch every single day. I would measure out the days of the week based off of what they're serving there by their specials. Uh, during my co-op terms, I'd be running like tutorials all day on Friday and I would never get a break to go and eat. So I just got my friends and coworkers to come and like funnel me garlic bread throughout the day. <laughs> so I ate way too much garlic bread in my second and third year, but it was amazing. Please go to ma the math coffee and donut shop. They are so good. And it's all run by students for students. <laughs> Essentially, we get to the MassSoc office. Let's let's walk in and say hello to some of the office workers. We are now in the MassSoc office. It's really nice in here. They renovated it and unveiled it. Michelle. In the. Why is everyone staring at us? <laughs> you never seen weird people walking around on campus with a big microphone before. For our listeners back home, we're just recording in the office, and the workers are staring at us. But that's okay because they're friendly and they provide many services in the MassSoc office. Such as the largest collection of board games on campus. They sell memorabilia, so some cool math swag and old school orientation pink ties. They also offer textbook services so you can let, uh, rent out textbooks from the office as well as some do some printing. They also have candy over here in the office that you can come grab if you ever want to. And on top of that, the actual organization itself runs all sorts of fun events for math students. Uh, the world famous ones, of course, being our Pi Days. So every single term, there is some variation of Pi Day that happens. In the winter, on March 14th, because that's 314, we get students to line up in front of the MathSoc office and we hand out Pi to them at 1.59 p.m. Uh, and it's free for students to come and grab. 
Then in the spring term, we have pi approximation day on July 22nd, because that's like 22 over seven, which is like a good approximation for pi. We're like very nerdy if you haven't picked up on that. Uh, so we serve out cake because cake is approximately pi. And then in the fall term, the 314th day of the year falls sometime in like November math. Is that working? Yes, that sounds right. Um, and so again, you can come by and grab some pie. But there's also some fun events that go on during that time too. We have a pie recitation contest. So people wrap out all the digits of pie. I was a judge for that one year. And the girl that won, I think got like 1800 digits of pie. It was completely insane. And she did like the first 1000 in a single breath is what it felt like. She was like giving Eminem a run for his money. Um, I was kind of just taking her at her word for it because I couldn't really keep up. <laughs> You're just making up numbers. Uh, we have three judges, so I hope the other ones were a bit quicker than I was. Um, there's also a pie eating contest normally. I don't know if you've ever tried those pie eating contests, but they're hard. Like, I don't know how to eat that quickly. Like, you, hands behind your back and just like over on the plate. No, no, it doesn't work for me at all. Um, so yeah, those are some of the fun events that they do. On top of that, sometimes they host dances or some de-stress events for students throughout the term. They also have been known to do some like open mic coffee houses also in the comfy lounge. The main thing they do is they are the student government for the faculty of math. And so on their councils, they adopt policies and advocate for student interests. So if you ever have sort of questions or want some changes around in the faculty, then they're a great spot to get the ball rolling and get that started. They advocated for, um, I think, like online test banks, mm -hmm. some textbooks, no online proctoring for students. So good stuff. They do lots of great advocacy. The ban on ProctorU was a really good one. Let's wave goodbye to these office workers. <laughs> Bye-bye. Goodbye, office workers. We love you. <laughs> Give me garlic bread. <laughs> Steal some candy, head over, get some garlic bread, and head over to our new, to our next destination. Which is going to be the hallway of clubs. We did not move very far. We just went across the hall from the Massoc office to the hallway of clubs. The hallway of clubs. So one of the other services that Massoc runs is they're in charge of all the student clubs within the faculty of math. And there's a club for basically like everything you can think of. For almost all of the programs, there's a club. So there's a computer science club, a data science club, a pure math club, an applied math club, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you get the picture. But on top of that, there's some other cool ones as well. There's the Teaching Students Association, which uh, like they, their name suggests, runs sort of teaching stuff for students. And so they actually run a lot of review sessions for first year math courses. Another fun uh, club that I personally adore is Math News. They are by far the best student publication on campus. You can find all of their issues online on their website, uh, but I will warn you that some of them are fairly spicy. So just open and read at your own risk, <laughs> but they're totally worth it. Also, you can probably find my name in a few of the issues. I get quoted sometimes, so go and find some of the stupid stuff I've said over the years. Um, so, over on the left side of the hallway is one of our computer labs, which is a spot for uh, tutorials that happen during some of the first year computer science courses. It's also like an open lab for students to come in. So if you're a math student, you'll have the ability to log into any of the computers and then you can do your work there. 
those tutorials, though, I'll say, is a great way to learn and a great way to meet people. Uh, so we get some of the upper year undergrad students, some grad students to run extra help sessions for some of the first year computer science courses. So if you're ever having trouble, it's a resource you can reach out to to try and get some help. And I will note that this is actually how Michelle and I met in the first place. I was going to say. Yeah, so I was her TA for CS115, uh, which is one of the first year computer science courses. And yeah, I, did, I gave her tutorials. How were they? <laughs> they were good. I went to them and I got tutored. And I think I did okay in the course. Yeah. How was I as a student? You were the worst student I ever had. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, 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 bring it back, bring it back. Michelle was great. Uh, All right, that's been enough nostalgia for one day. Let's let's head down the hallway. Walk, 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 walk. <laughs> I seem to see some lockers. You know if students can use these lockers? Yes, students can use these lockers because this is another one of the fabulous services that MathStock provides to students. They do locker rentals at the start of the term. So uh, normally in university, you don't have your own locker like you did in high school. So if you don't want to lug around heavy books with you all day or just like have an extra spot to stash stuff in between classes, then you can rent a locker out for the term. Uh, and then they operate in much the same way that they did in high school. You know how to open a lock. You open the lock, you put stuff in, close the door, and then lock, and then your stuff is safe and secure. These are actually electronic locks. Oh so it's a little bit God. different. It's upgraded. Just tried opening one of these lockers. It is indeed secure. And the one that I tried to open was right next to this sign saying Math Tutoring Center. This will be sort of an important thing to know as you go to university. Um, university learning is quite different from high school learning. Uh, most of your learning in high school takes place inside the classroom. You know, a little bit of homework that you have to take home. In university, most of it is going to happen independently on your own outside of class. And this is going to be challenging probably for most of you. I know personally it took me a while to adjust and I struggled with it in the beginning. But one of the great resources that helped me figure these things out was the Math Tutoring Center. So we have undergraduate tutors and some grad students that also TR classes that offer office hours for students in first and second year math classes. Uh, office hours is just a drop-in period where students can come by and ask questions and get help. It's just a great spot to go and get that extra help if you have any questions about the material. And it's also a great spot to go and meet people. Uh, I met a lot of my friends in first year by struggling together through assignments. And there's just something about that that like bonds people together. So I would highly recommend coming to use this service whenever you can, even if you don't necessarily require it uh, to keep up with all of your material. It's a great spot. And I'll note that there's also one like this for computer science as well. It's called the Computer Science Consulting Center though. But it's not over here, it's up a floor, and it operates in basically the exact same way. One more thing I should probably mention, uh, just in general, is the breakdown for sort of first year courses. So in first year, this is probably one that goes into like the tutoring center stop. Um, in first year, you have to take uh, in your first term an algebra course, a calculus course, a computer science course, uh, a communications course, and then an elective. That's true for most programs. Some of them will have like their own different things, but this is for general math. Um, General math. Yeah, <laughs> nice that you saluted that. 
a lot of people come in with a concern about their computer science because some of you have may have never taken computer science in high school. I was one of those people. Uh, my high school did not have any CS courses at all. And yet, after my first year, they let me TA computer science. So just know that uh, there are different levels for CS that you can take. You can take a more introductory one in case you're worried about some of your programming skills or your math skills that you don't have the necessary background. And yeah, they're fun. In the second term, it's a very similar breakdown. You take a linear algebra course, another calculus course, another computer science course, uh, another communications course, and then another elective in the end. Um, yeah, and then for most people during this term, you'll end up looking for like your first co-op jobs. That's a fun thing that you can do on the side. We'll talk about co-op a little bit more later. In case you don't want to come on campus for some reason, uh, there are also residence tutors. And so there are some tutors that get sent off to the residences uh, and then provide their office hours there. That way you don't have to walk all the way down, you know, Ring Road for 10 minutes to go to a building. Instead, you only have to walk a couple of minutes. So either way, it's fine. Get your steps in, people, also. Make sure that you do lots of walking. Waterloo is nice to walk around. All right, let's follow that advice and walk around a little bit more. Next up is the trains lab. In front of the trains lab, we'll see a bunch of fun memes. This is actually true. Uh, so on the trains lab window, they have a bunch of like posters and stuff. There's this one of Thomas the Tank Engine glaring down someone, and then I think just says train time. Um, anyway, the trains lab is a lab for an upper year CS course. I think it's CS 452. What does that stand for? Uh, computer science 452. Um, but the, that's <laughs> the course. Called? I know, I know. The course is called. I was getting to that, Michelle. Uh, it's called Intro to Real Time Programming, or just like Real Time Programming, one of those two. And basically, uh, that just means like programming with like real time stakes going on. And so the scenario they provide is you have to manage uh, a train system and there are these two trains that are going to collide into each other. And so you have to write software that manages the trains, make sure that they don't hit each other, that they communicate properly with each other. Uh, it's a really hard course from what I hear. <laughs> but some, uh, some big companies sort of headhunted uh, for it apparently. They look for people that have taken that. And I'm talking about you know, your Google and your Ubers and your big Facebook companies down in the, the Silicon Valleys. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, you don't have to take this course if you're in computer science. You don't have to take this course at all in any program. But it's an option there if you want to push yourself and challenge yourself. I've literally never heard of this place before. And I'm in my fourth year. Four pi past I can't believe you've never gone by the trains lab. I'm not in CS. How Neither I am I. But <laughs> your CSTA is different. OK, fine. Fair enough. All right, that's enough about trains. Let's go to another bridge. Do you like bridges? Is that what's going on? Yeah. You is don't, this a you meme don't, somewhere? Is this a meme I'm not understanding? I'm just asking, do you like bridges? <laughs> As a concept, yeah. Anyway, we are walking across this bridge, heading over to the Davis Center. This is there. one of Waterloo's more colorful bridges. It's kind of a meme where people take their LinkedIn photos on a different bridge to the engineering building. But if you want my opinion, that bridge is kind of bland. It's just gray. This one has a lot of colors. I like to tell people that the Davis Center looks like a cross between a subway station and a McDonald's play place. Um, you'll know what I mean when you come here. <laughs> Michelle's nodding, so she agrees, I think. 
That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Anyway, and now that I've gathered you all here to the Davis Center, uh, there are two things that I'm going to point out uh, right here at the beginning. The first is the Computer Science Consulting Center. Um, this is an academic advising office. So if you have questions about computer science related uh, stuff, so maybe about the program, about the courses you have to take, looking to transfer, want to meet with an advisor, then you would go to this office. Uh, there's also a math undergrad advising office, uh, which we'll talk about later. That comes up after in the tour. So in the meantime, one thing that I'm going to also talk about here is one of our lovely cafeterias. Ooh. Our cafeteria here is one of many on campus. Uh, it's very convenient too, because if you're maybe stuck on campus and don't have time to go back home and make lunch or something, then you can just hop in here and then get some food. Uh, they take cash, debit, credit, that sort of stuff. But if you have a meal plan, like a first year student would, then you can actually play, pay with your meal plan money here as well. And that's kept on your walk card. And then I take off my walk card uh, you can access your meal plan money on your walk card. So if you just go and grab some food, they can scan it and then you just tap. There's lots of locations like this on campus. Basically everywhere on campus takes uh, your walk card money with one notable exception, the math coffee and donut shop. Uh, and some places off campus also take your meal plan money. Uh, for the longest time, the Sobeys that I went to on Columbia accepted walk card money. Like so they would take- So pizza. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna take a short break to get some food and come back. Got lunch, we're back. We are going to now keep following the hallway. Just trust us, there will be a path. And then end up in this large atrium area. Mm -hmm. So we're now in sort of the main area of the Davis Center and now we're gonna head over into DC 1351, one of our larger lecture halls. <laughs> and now behold our giant lecture hall this one seats about 200 or so people and a lot of folks their first reaction is oh my god this is so much bigger than what i'm used to in high school and this is true in high school you know you have a ratio of like 25 students to one teacher and you get these nice smaller classrooms where you can get a lot of individual attention University is a little bit different. It doesn't look that way from the get-go. Uh, you have kind of 200 students to one professor, but I just want you all to know that this is a trick. This is a deception. In reality, if you think about all of the course staff, so the TAs, all of the professors that work on it, and the tutors that we saw in the tutoring center, uh, the ratio is closer to what you expect in high school. So don't let that fool you. Don't think that the professor won't have time to talk to you because there's so many more students. There is someone in the course that can talk to you when you need help. Go and get help when you need it. Uh, it'll be a game changer during your career here. I had my first calculus class in that room. DC 1351 is where my university career began at 8.30 a.m. <laughs> Now that we're out here in the atrium again, I seem to be getting a sense of deja vu. I feel like I spent quite a lot of time here. And it's probably because the library is right across from us. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> yes, so over here we have the Davis Center Library. 
which is the second largest one on campus. And it sort of encompasses the STEM subjects. So that's science, technology, engineering, and math. Oh my god, math. That's us. Uh, they're a great service. Uh, they have some study areas, so if you want to get a change of scenery from your own desk, you can come here. During the exam seasons, they are actually open 24-7 for students to pop in. Uh, and I won't lie, I think every exam season, uh, as I've walked by the windows, you see someone there that has a pillow and comforter with them and is basically living in the library during the exam season. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if you ever need to find some books, do some research, then this is a great resource for it. Across from the library is the Davis Center Fishbowl. And the Fishbowl is sort of a space where a lot of events and seminars happen. And in particular, it's where we would run our employer information sessions. So employers know that Waterloo students are fan-freaking-tastic, that they're the best in the business, and so they want to hire some of our great students to be their co-ops. Uh, and for that reason, they come and actually sort of pitch their companies to you. They explain what they do and the positions that they have and talk about the company culture. And it's a great way for you as a student to just network, explore different options, meet other people, and kind of see what's out there. So many of you may not have a perfect sense of what kind of career you want to do in the future. And co-op is your place to play with that. So come out, learn about some different jobs, and who knows, maybe you'll find your future career over there. You know, for a fishbowl, I don't see any fish in here. <laughs> you got that right, Michelle. We are going to double back over into MC. We're going to go up two flights of stairs. So I hope that uh, you've got some good running shoes. Uh, and then we're going to head over to the math undergrad office. <gasps> Sorry. Whew, that was quite the climb. And did we go through a different bridge between DC and MC? We went through the higher up bridge. So now we're on the fourth floor of MC. And there's these two bridges that are like sort of stacked on top of each other. So now we're in front of the math undergrad office. The MUO is very much like the CS Consulting Center is, but for math. So for all administrative questions, math, you come here. Need to get a f form filled out, come here. Need to meet with an academic advisor, you can come here. They have some advising uh, office hours sort of in the adjoining room. I think they also give out goodie bags during exam season. Oh, true. Yeah, the MUO, they send out these little like... Exam kits. Exam kits, that's what they're called. I was gonna call them care packages. Oh, no, maybe they're, the, yeah, they're care packages. Okay, so you can come and get some fun goodies. We have made our way to the bridge to M3, also on the fourth floor, and for some reason, we have stopped. Why have we stopped? I needed a moment to catch my breath. It's very hot on this bridge. Uh, it incubates here. There's like really big windows on the side, so it gets hot. The actual reason we stopped, Michelle, is because there's a couple things I want to talk about here with you. Way off in the distance, over on the right side i guess yes i'll say east <laughs> on the eastern side of the bridge you can see the university of waterloo bus terminal and uh waterloo has really good busing and we also have this ion light rail which is kind of like a streetcar that can take you into uptown waterloo or into to kitchener uh, and one of the cool things about your walk card is it's not only the spot where your meal plan money is kept but it's also a bus pass for you 
So in part of your tuition, you'll pay for a bus pass and that lets you ride around all through Waterloo, Kitchener and Cambridge area. Waterloo and Kitchener, they're beautiful cities. So definitely get off campus and explore them a little bit. Uh, if you go to the Uptown Square, then there's probably gonna be someone playing live music there. There almost like always is. Uh, cool. Another cool thing too, if you're from Southern Ontario, uh, is it, we also have go bus stops over there as well. So if you ever need to leave uh, Waterloo, go back and visit your folks or something, then there's a convenient spot for you to do so. The other thing that we're gonna talk about is this driveway leading over to the bus terminal, which is called William Tut Way, named after another one of our faculty founders, William Tut. So I don't know if you've seen the imitation game. It's a movie about a mathematician named Alan Turing who worked on breaking the Enigma code during World War II, which was the code system that the Germans were using. And basically he like set the foundation for most of like modern day computers and kind of built like one of the first ones ever. Uh, he was a pretty big deal. But there was another mathematician who was also a very big deal named William Tutt, who worked on a different German code and also ended up breaking it during the war. And afterwards, he came to be a professor at the University of Waterloo. And he was one of the modern day founders for an area of math called graph theory. Ooh, cool. Ooh, cool. Uh, yeah, I like graph theory. Uh, it's cool. But he was one of our faculty founders. And for all of his wonderful work that he did, uh, we named this little driveway after him. Uh, a bigger honor that he did receive later in his life was he got the Order of Canada Medal, which is the highest honor any Canadian citizen can achieve. So he's a, he's a pretty big deal. <laughs> if you look over to the left, you'll see the SLC rock climbing gym. <laughs> oh, wow. I am currently working there. And so I would highly recommend people go and check it out because rock climbing is all kinds of fun. Now we're gonna head over into M3 and check out the largest classroom in the Faculty of Math. We're in M3 now. In the, the second largest classroom on campus, M3 1006. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> Is there an echo, echo, echo in here, 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 here? here? I think, 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 there is. Uh, we're just messing with you. Uh, one thing that <laughs> is true for this room uh, is it seats about 400 people. And if you sit at like one end, it's kind of hard to read the clock on the opposite end. It's very big. I wrote my first midterm in this room, so I only have fond memories of this space. Odds are when you take uh, like STAT 230 or STAT 231, which are intro stats courses uh, that every math student has to take, you may have it in this room. If not, then you'll probably end up having a midterm or two over here in this space. It's very large. Um, and we like to just show it off because of how big it is. The only thing that beats it, I think, is STC 1010. That's science, so we don't talk about that. Yeah. We don't talk about science here. And then, yeah, there's Hagee Hall, the theater, I think, seats more people. But that's a theater, so that doesn't really count. It's accounting. We don't talk about that either. Yeah, exactly. We only care about math. Um, and yeah, we like it here. Don't we, Michelle? We do. Cool. Oh, and then also, I guess I'll say that there are a few math clubs also sprinkled throughout this building. Some more of the business and finance oriented ones. So like actuarial science and statistics is in there and double degree, maybe farm. Farmsa. Farmsa. You know, farm Student Association. Farm Students Association. You know, when, I think you were the first person to tell me that you were in farm ever. Like I'd never heard someone say they were in farm. And I thought it was like a farming program, you know, like 
growing stuff. Yeah, me too. Imagine my surprise <laughs> when I got here. <laughs> <laughs> I walked towards the greenhouse and they told me to keep going to the MC building. And here we are now. <laughs> Four years later. Still farming, but not what she thought. <laughs> cool. Those are just around the corner to your left. Thus concludes our tour of the mathematical buildings. I hope that you enjoyed learning about some of the history of the Faculty of Math, Michelle. And for all of you listening out there, I hope that we were able to describe eloquently the different buildings and spaces here, and it's gotten you excited for what we have to offer. For sure, and thank you, Josue, for leading me and sharing some of your memories in this wonderful campus. That's what I do, Michelle. Thank you for listening. Take care, everyone. Uh, if you ever have any questions or want to come in, attend your own tour with one of our ambassadors, you can find more information on our math recruitment websites or by emailing mathamba at uwaterloo.ca. Take care, everyone. Smell you later. Can I smell people through this? Can they smell me, Michelle? <laughs> I haven't showered. Oh, my God. <laughs> nice. <laughs>